In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Last week the gospel was all about joy and that was good for us because we live in an angry world. You all know that with the war and the economy and the politics and the evil and the violence and the disobedient kids and the weariness and the dishonesty and the family tensions, and you can all name your own poison, that our anger is understandable. But even though it is understandable, it is not what we were meant for and it is not best. And so we heard how Jesus has come in the flesh to make it better to be one of us and to be with us, to touch us and to heal us, to make our wrongs right, to forgive our sins, to drain us of our anger and strengthen us and energize us, and then someday he will take us home to the perfect place filled with perfect joy and perfect peace. He will take us home again to a new Eden. The good news for today is that we don't have to die to be happy. We don't need to wait that long. Because Jesus has come to us in the flesh and touched us, just as he will do again this morning in the Eucharist, we have a great opportunity to experience joy and peace right here and right now. Not perfectly, of course, because you, like I, are sinners. And that sin that's down inside us always seems to rise to the top and get in the mix and ruin things for us, but still given his love and his touch and his forgiveness. We do have a great opportunity right now to live in joy and peace. You might think of it this way. Christ's touch means that every challenge every trouble, every anger, and every evil is an opportunity for you to exercise virtue. His touch means that every anger, every trouble, every challenge, every evil is the opportunity for you to do good. And so every evil on its flip side is a chance for joy and peace. How does that work? More on that later, but first the gospel for this morning. Whenever the story of the Good Samaritan appears in the lectionary, it's easy to see that this story is our story. Last time this came around, about three years ago, the papers were filled with the news of a single mom who worked in a convenience store in North Carolina. It was the middle of the night, a robber came in, he asked for money, she gave him the money without protest, and then he shot her dead. A few weeks ago, this story happened again in New York City. You probably saw it on the news from the surveillance tape. There was a man beating a woman, another man stepped in to help her, she ran away, the man who helped was stabbed, he fell down on the curb, and he bled to death as people walked by on the other side of the sidewalk. 
And so that's, this is a story that repeats itself over and over again in our lives. It's a very normal story for us. It's a bad stretch of lonely road. Then somebody takes a beating. And then folks who should know better and folks who should do better, priests and Levites, church people, you and I, ignore the violence and the anger and the evil and the lies. We look the other way and we walk by on the other side. Pause for a moment and know that all that I am about to say is not about works righteousness. Because this parable is not about works righteousness. In Jesus' story, these people are already saved. Priests and Levites know the score. Priests and Levites have been to church. In fact, priests and Levites work in the church. So priests and Levites have been touched by the grace of God. Priests and Levites have been enlightened and enlivened and energized. Priests and Levites know what to do. However, the question in this parable is whether or not priests and Levites will do what they know. Will Jesus' gifts have their way with people in common, angry, dangerous, everyday life? The question very simply is this. When trouble comes, will mercy hide or will it, in the words of Jesus in the very last verse of the gospel for today, will mercy show itself? It's a beautiful way to speak. Will mercy show? Will we who again today <coughs> receive the touch of Jesus especially in his Eucharist, will we, when the chips are down, exercise virtue? It's a very simple question. Will we do good? If we do, we will then be blessed with a little Eden here on earth. Not yet perfect, but there will be joy and peace here and now. You know this story. The Samaritan is an unlikely hero. Samaritans were muggles, mixed blood. They were part Jew and part something else. And so Samaritans were not allowed in the temple. In fact, they had their own religion. The Jews hated them, and they hated the Jews back. And yet somewhere along the way, this particular Samaritan had been touched by Christ. We know that because verse 33 tells us that when he saw that the man had been beaten and was lying by the side of the road, he had compassion. Compassion is not natural. Compassion is a piece of the divine life. Compassion is a deep and holy love for other folks. So if any of us have it, we got it as a gift from God. Anger is natural, but deep and holy love is otherworldly. You should be sure to notice in this text that compassion is not just a feeling. Compassion always acts. 
Compassion is a deep and holy love that energizes someone to do the extraordinary, to go above and beyond, even to touch a man who hates you, to touch a man whom you hate, and with that touch to save him. In the scriptures, this same word is used of Christ on the cross. While we were still sinners, while we, while, while we still hated him, while we were pounding the nails into his hands, and while we were piercing his side with a spear, Christ willingly died for us as an atonement in love. Finally, when compassion spills out onto somebody else, when it becomes concrete, when it takes an object, when it touches someone, compassion turns to mercy. In this story, it is mercy that pours the oil and the wine. Mercy binds up the wounds. Mercy carries the man to an innkeeper. Mercy pays. Mercy runs a tab for tomorrow. And mercy comes back to see that everything is okay. So mercy is a neighbor. Mercy is divine love, received as a gift, expressed as compassion, and given away to someone else. In the most practical sense, mercy sees anger, sees violence, sees evil, sees lies, sees the world for what it is, sees very clearly. But instead of asking, What's good for me? Mercy says, what's good for someone else? Instead of asking, how do I stay safe? And let's move to the other side of the road. Mercy moves close. Mercy gets busy. Mercy acts. And so mercy brings peace and joy. And then the best news of all, that all of you here get the touch and so you get a fresh start again today with baptism and absolution and preaching and scripture and the Holy Eucharist, Jesus comes to you and he gives you his gifts. Today, all is forgiven. It's all forgiven. Your past is gone. And so this day is your day to stand up and move out into the world and then to see every stress and every struggle, every challenge and every evil every lie and every anger as the possibility to do good. To see every evil and every anger as a body on the side of the road that is ready to be resurrected. As a chance for life and not for death, as a chance to exercise virtue, as a chance to be compassionate, as a time for mercy to show itself in healing and peace and joy. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen.